This is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. It's Tuesday, November 15th. The Republican majority in the Georgia House of Representatives nominated State Representative John Burns as the chamber's new leader Monday, choosing an ally of outgoing Speaker David Ralston to replace him. Burns instantly becomes one of the most powerful politicians in Georgia, along with Governor Brian Kemp and incoming Lieutenant Governor Burt Jones. The three Republicans will control the executive branch and both chambers of the General Assembly. Burns, who has served as the Republican majority leader since 2015, said he will guide his party in a politically changing state. Republicans also maintained a majority because they controlled the redrawing of political lines last year. Following last week's elections, Republicans hold a 101 to 79 advantage over Democrats in the State House, a loss of two seats after redistricting. In other news, former President Donald Trump is extremely exposed to criminal liability in Fulton County as he prepares to announce his third campaign for the nation's top office. That's according to an author of a report analyzing the local investigation into whether Trump or his allies illegally interfered in Georgia's 2020 elections. Among the overwhelming evidence of Trump's culpability in Georgia is the January 2, 2021 phone call he placed to Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger and the appointment of a slate of 16 fake GOP electors in Georgia. The report includes a timeline of key dates, an analysis of state laws that might have been broken, and a glossary of key players. It also goes into great detail about the possible defenses Trump could raise if indicted, such as his lawyers arguing that he is immune from prosecution because his actions occurred while he was president. In a statement issued by his PAC in September, Trump called the probe a strictly political witch hunt and called his phone call with Raffensperger perfect. Up next, a tenured Valdosta State University biology professor is pushing back after she said she was told to change how she teaches about topics such as sex and gender or else she'll be removed from the course. 67-year-old Leslie Jones said a parent complained earlier this semester after she gave a lesson titled Cultural Construction of Gender in her Evolution and the Diversity of Life Biology course. She teaches that sex is biological and gender is a cultural construct. Slides from the gender lesson, which she shared with the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, touch on gender roles, distinctions and socialization, as well as sexual identity. Jones said her dean informed her of the parent's complaint and instructed her to change her approach or else she would be moved to another class. Jones reached out to the nonprofit campus free speech organization Foundation for Individual Rights and Expression, or FIRE, for support. It is demanding the university remove any restrictions. And a new federal climate and health law is delivering billions in incentives to expand solar power, and Georgia Power plans to grow the share of electricity it generates from the sun in the years ahead. But the state's largest utility remains opposed to expanding a popular solar program advocates say would encourage more households to install panels on their roofs. In testimony last week before the Georgia Public Service Commission, PSC, Georgia Power staff told state regulators that as solar customers save on their energy bills, they are shifting costs onto others without rooftop solar. Solar advocates pushed back on those claims last week, arguing that the supposed cost shift is mere pennies per year compared to Georgia Power's 10-figure annual profits. The fight centers on a rooftop solar net metering pilot program created in 2019 by the PSC. Solar is seen as one of the key ways to reduce the climate change impact of Georgia's electricity sector, one of the state's largest contributors of greenhouse gas emissions. 
Spoken Layer.